Hi everyone, I'm Teacher Sean, and this is Between the Stacks. In each episode, I read a short story or a chapter from a book, handpicked by me. The only theme they share is there are stories I like, and I think you will too. So join me as I pull a book off the shelf, sit on the floor, and read Between the Stacks. A quick word for the parents. I'm reading original versions of stories that may include negative tones, references, and demeaning stereotypes of people or cultures. Rather than remove this content, I feel it is important to acknowledge its harmful impact so wonderful conversations can happen to create a beautiful, more inclusive future together. Welcome. Today we are reading part one of Cause Hunting from the short story collection, The Jungle Book by Rudyard Kipling, published in 1894. You can follow along as I read by downloading the PDF of this episode in the link provided. So join me between the stacks as I read The Jungle Book. The Jungle Book by Rudyard Kipling Cause Hunting Part 1 His spots are the joy of the leopard, his horns are the buffalo's pride. Be clean, for the strength of the hunter is known by the gloss of his hide. If ye find that the bullock can toss you, or the heavy-browed samber can gore, ye need not stop work to inform us, we knew it ten seasons before. Oppress not the cubs of the stranger, but hail them as sister and brother, for though they are little and fubsy, it may be the bear is their mother. There is none like me, cries the cub in the pride of his earliest kill, but the jungle is large and the cub he is small, let him think and be still. Maxims of Baloo All that is told here happened sometime before Mowgli was turned out of the Sioni wolfpack or revenged himself on Shere Khan the tiger. It was in the days when Baloo was teaching him the law of the jungle. The big, serious, old brown bear was delighted to have so quick a pupil, but the young wolves will only learn as much of the law of the jungle as applies to their own pack and tribe, and run away as soon as they can, repeating the hunting verse. Feet that make no noise, eyes that can see in the dark, ears that can hear the winds in their lairs, and sharp white teeth. All these things are the marks of our brothers, except Tabakwe, the jackal, and the hyena whom we hate. But Mowgli, as a man-cub, had to learn a great deal more than this. Sometimes Bagheera the Black Panther would come lounging through the jungle to see how his pet was getting on, and would purr with his head against the tree, while Mowgli recited the day's lessons to Baloo. The boy could climb almost as well as he could swim, and swim almost as well as he could run. So Baloo, the teacher of the law, taught him the wood and water laws, how to tell a rotten branch from a sound one, how to speak politely to the wild bees when he came upon a hive of them fifty feet above the ground, what to say to Mang the bat when he disturbed him on the branches at midday, and how to warn the water snakes in the pools before he splashed down among them. None of the jungle people like being disturbed, and all are very ready to fly at an intruder. Then, too, Mowgli was taught the stranger's hunting call, which must be repeated until it is answered whenever one of the jungle people hunts outside of his own grounds. It means, translated, Give me leave to hunt here because I am hungry. And the answer is, hunt then for food, but not for pleasure. All this will show you how much Mowgli had to learn by heart, and he grew very tired of saying the same thing over a hundred times, 
But, as Baloo said to Bagheera, one day when Mowgli had been cuffed and run off in a temper, A man's cub is a man's cub. He must learn all the law of the jungle. But think how small he is, said the Black Panther, who would have spoiled Mowgli if he had his own way. How can his little head carry all thy long talk? Is there anything in the jungle too little to be killed? No, that is why I teach him these things, and that is why I hit him very softly when he forgets. Softly? What dost thou know of softness, old iron feet? Bagheera grunted. His face is all bruised today by thy softness. Ah! Better he should be bruised from head to foot by me who love him than that he should come to harm through ignorance, Baloo answered very earnestly. I am now teaching him the master words of the jungle that shall protect him with the birds and the snake people and all that hunt on four feet, except his own pack. He can now claim protection if he will only remember the words from all in the jungle. Is not that worth a little beating? Well, look to it then, that thou dost not kill the man-cub. He is no tree-trunk to sharpen thy blunt claws upon. But what are those master words? I am more likely to give help than to ask it. Bagheera stretched one paw and admired the steel-blue ripping chisel talons at the end of it. Still, I should like to know. I will call Mowgli, and he shall say them, if he will. Come, little brother. My head is ringing like a bee-tree, said a sullen little voice over their heads, and Mowgli slid down a tree trunk very angry and indignant, adding as he reached to the ground, I come for Bagheera, not for thee, fat old Baloo. That is all one to me, said Baloo, though he was hurt and grieved. Tell Bagheera, then, master words of the jungle that I have taught thee this day. Master words for which people, said Mowgli. Delighted to show off. The jungle has many tongues. I know them all. Oh, little thou knowest, but not much. See, O Bagheera, they never thank their teacher. Not one small woofling has ever come back to thank old Baloo for his teaching. Say the word for the hunting people, then, great scholar. We be of one blood, ye and I, said Mowgli, giving the words the bear accent which all the hunting people use. Good. Now for the birds, Mowgli repeated, with the kite's whistle at the end of the sentence. Now for the snake people, said Bagheera. The answer was a perfectly indescribable hiss, and Mowgli kicked up his feet behind, clapped his hands together to applaud himself, and jumped on to Bagheera's back, where he sat sideways, drumming with his heels on the glossy skin and making the worst faces he could think of at Baloo. There, there, that was worth a little bruise, said the brown bear tenderly. Some day thou wilt remember me. Then he turned aside to tell Bagheera how he had begged the master words from Hathi the wild elephant, who knows all about these things, and how Hathi had taken Mowgli down to the pool to get the snake word from a water snake, because Baloo could not pronounce it, and how Mowgli was now reasonably safe against all accidents in the jungle, because neither snake, bird, nor beast would hurt him. No one then is to be feared, Baloo wound up, patting his big furry stomach with pride, except his own tribe said Bagheera under his breath, and then aloud to Mowgli. Have a care for my ribs, little brother. What is all this dancing up and down? Mowgli had been trying to make himself heard by pulling at Bagheera's shoulder fur and kicking hard. When the two listened to him, he was shouting at the top of his voice, And so I shall have a tribe of my own. I will lead them through the branches all day long. What is this new folly, little dreamer of dreams? said Bagheera. Yes, and throw branches and dirt at old Baloo, Mowgli went on. They have promised me this. Ah! Woof! Baloo's big paw scooped Mowgli off 
Bagheera's back, and as the boy lay between the big forepaws, he could see the bear was angry. Mowgli, said Baloo, thou hast been talking with the Banderlog, the monkey people. Mowgli looked at Bagheera to see if the panther was angry too, and Bagheera's eyes were as hard as jade stones. Thou hast been with the monkey people, the gray apes, the people without a law, the eaters of everything. That is great shame. When Baloo hurt my head, said Mowgli, he was still on his back, I went away, and the gray apes came down from the trees and had pity on me. No one else cared. He snuffled a little. The pity of the monkey people, Baloo snorted. The stillness of the mountain stream, the cool of the summer sun, and then man-cub? And then, and then, they gave me nuts and pleasant things to eat, and they, they carried me in their arms up to the top of the trees and said it was their blood brother except that I had no tail and should be their leader some day. They have no leader, said Bagheera. They lie. They have always lied. They are very kind and bade me come again. Why have I never been taken among the monkey people? They stand on their feet as I do. They do not hit me with their hard paws. They play all day. Let me get up, Bad Baloo. Let me up. I will play with them again. Listen, man-cub, said the bear, and his voice rumbled like thunder on a hot night. I have taught thee all the law of the jungle for all the people of the jungle, except the monkey folk who live in the trees. They have no law. They are outcasts. They have no speech of their own. They use the stolen words which they overhear when they listen and peep and wait up above in the branches. Their way is not our way. They are without leaders. They have no remembrance. They boast and chatter and pretend that they are a great people about to do great affairs in the jungle. But the falling of a nut turns their minds to laughter and all is forgotten. We of the jungle have no dealings with them. We do not drink where the monkeys drink. We do not go where the monkeys go. We do not hunt where they hunt. We do not die where they die. Hast thou ever heard me speak of the banderlog till today? No, said Mowgli in a whisper, for the forest was very still now. Baloo had finished. The jungle people put them out of their mouths and out of their minds. They are very many evil, dirty, shameless, and they desire, if they have any fixed desire, to be noticed by the jungle people. But we do not notice them, even when they throw nuts and filth on our heads. He had hardly spoken when a shower of nuts and twigs spattered down through the branches, and they could hear coughing and howlings and angry jumpings high up in the air among the thin branches. The monkey people are forbidden, said Baloo. Forbidden to the jungle people, remember. Forbidden, said Bagheera. But I still think Baloo should have warned thee against them. I? I? How was I to guess that he would play with such dirt? The monkey people? Fah! A fresh shower came down on their heads and the two trotted away, taking Mowgli with them. What Baloo had said about the monkeys was perfectly true. They belonged to the treetops, and as beasts very seldom look up, there was no occasion for the monkeys and the jungle people to cross each other's path. But whenever they found a sick wolf or a wounded tiger or bear, the monkeys would torment him and would throw sticks and nuts at any beast for fun, and in the hopes of being noticed. Then they would howl and shriek senseless songs and invite the jungle people to climb up their trees and fight them, or would start furious battles over nothing among themselves, and leave the dead monkeys where the jungle people could see them. They were always just going to have a leader and laws and customs of their own, but they never did, because their memories would not hold over from day to day, so they compromised things by making up a saying, What the Banderlog think now, the jungle will think later, and that comforted them a great deal. None of the beasts could reach them, but on the other hand, none of the beasts would notice them, and that was why they were so pleased when Mowgli came to play with them and they heard how angry Baloo was. They never meant to do any more. The banderlog never mean anything at all. 
but one of them invented what seemed to him a brilliant idea, and he told all the others that Mowgli would be a useful person to keep in the tribe, because he could weave sticks together for protection from the wind. So, if they caught him, they could make him teach them. Of course, Mowgli was a woodcutter's child, inherited all sorts of instincts, and used to make little huts of fallen branches without thinking how he came to do it. The monkey people, watching in the trees, considered his play most wonderful. This time, they said, they were really going to have a leader and become the wisest people in the jungle, so wise that everyone else would notice and envy them. Therefore, they followed Baloo and Bagheera and Mowgli through the jungle very quietly till it was time for the midday nap, and Mowgli, who was very much ashamed of himself, slept between the panther and the bear, resolving to have no more to do with the monkey people. The next thing he remembered was feeling hands on his legs and arms, hard, strong little hands, and then a swash of branches in his face, and then he was staring down through the swaying boughs as Baloo woke the jungle with his deep cries, and Bagheera bounded up the trunk with every tooth bared. The banderlog howled with triumph and scuffled away to upper branches where Bagheera dared not follow, shouting, He has noticed us! Bagheera has noticed us! All the jungle people admire us for our skill and our cunning! Then they began their flight, and the flight of the monkey people through treeland is one of those things nobody can describe. They have their regular roads and crossroads, uphills and downhills, all laid out from 50 to 70 or 100 feet above the ground, and by these they can travel even at night if necessary. Two of the strongest monkeys caught Mowgli under the arms and swung off with him through the treetops, 20 feet at a bound. Had they been alone, they could have gone twice as fast, but the boy's weight held them back. Sick and giddy as Mowgli was, he could not help enjoying the wild rush, though the glimpses of earth far down below frightened him, and the terrible check and jerk at the end of each swing over nothing but empty air brought his heart between his teeth. His escort would rush him up a tree till he felt the thinnest topmost branches crackle and bend under them, and then with a cough and a whoop would fling themselves into the air outward and downward and bring up, hanging by their hands or their feet to the lower limbs of the next tree. Sometimes he could see for miles and miles across the still green jungle, as a man on the top of a mast can see for miles across the sea, and then the branches and leaves would lash him across the face and he and his two guards would be almost down to earth again. So, bounding and crashing and whooping and yelling, the whole tribe of banderlogs swept along the tree roads with Mowgli, their prisoner. For a time, he was afraid of being dropped. Then he grew angry, but knew better than to struggle. And then he began to think. The first thing was to send back word to Baloo and Bagheera, for, at the pace the monkeys were going, he knew his friends would be left far behind. It was useless to look down, for he could only see the top sides of the branches. So he stared upward and saw, far away in the blue, Ron the Kite, balancing and wheeling as he kept watching over the jungle waiting for things to die. Ron saw that the monkeys were carrying something and dropped a few hundred yards to find out whether their load was good to eat. He whistled with surprise when he saw Mowgli being dragged up to a treetop and heard him give the kite call for, We be of one blood, thou and I. The waves of the branches closed over the boy, but Ron balanced away to the next tree in time to see the little brown face come up again. Mark my trail, Mowgli shouted. Tell Baloo and the Sioni Pack and Bagheera of the Council Rock. In whose name, brother? Ron had never seen Mowgli before, though of course he had heard of him. Mowgli the Frog. Man-cub they call me. Mark my trail. The last words were shrieked as he was being swung through the air. But Ron nodded and rose up till he looked no bigger than a speck of dust, and there he hung, watching with his telescope eyes the swaying of the treetops as Mowgli's escort whirled along. They never go far, he said with a chuckle. They never do what they set out to do, always pecking at new things of the banderlog. This time, if I had any eyesight, they have pecked down trouble for themselves. For Baloo is no fledgling, and Bagheera can, as I know, kill more than goats. So he rocked on his wings, his feet gathered up under him, and waited. 
Meantime, Baloo and Bagheera were furious with rage and grief. Bagheera climbed as he had never climbed before, but the thin branches broke beneath his weight and he slipped down, his claws full of bark. Why didst thou not warn the man-cub? He roared to poor Baloo, who had set off at a clumsy trot in the hope of overtaking the monkeys. What was the use of half-slaying him with blows if thou didst not warn him? Haste, oh haste! We, we may catch them yet, Baloo panted. At that speed? It would not tire a wounded cow, teacher of the law, cub beater. A mile of that rolling to and fro would burst the open. Sit still and think. Make a plan. This is no time for chasing. They may drop him if we follow too close. Aralu, woo! They may have dropped him already, being tired of carrying. Who can trust the banderlog? Put death bats on my head. Give me black bones to eat. Roll me into the hives of the wild bees that I may be stung to death and bury me with the hyena, for I am most miserable of bears. Arulala, Wahawa, oh Mowgli, Mowgli, why did I not warn thee against the monkey folk instead of breaking thy head? Now perhaps may I have knocked the day's lesson out of his mind, and he will be alone in the jungle without the master words. Baloo clasped his paws over his ears and rolled to and fro, moaning. At least he gave me all the words correctly a little time ago said Bagheera impatiently. Baloo, thou hast neither memory nor respect. What would the jungle think if I, the Black Panther, curled myself up like Icky the Porcupine and howled? What do I care what the jungle thinks? He may be dead by now. Unless, and until they drop him from the branches in sport or kill him out of idleness, I have no fear for the man-cub. He is wise and well-taught, and above all, he has the eyes that make the jungle people afraid. But, and it is a great evil, he is in the power of the banderlog, and they, because they live in trees, have no fear of any other people. Bagheera licked one forepaw thoughtfully. Fool that I am, oh fat, brown, root-digging fool that I am, said Baloo, uncoiling himself with a jerk. It is true what Hathi the wild elephant says, to each his own fear, and they, the banderlog, fear Ka the rock snake. He can climb as well as they can. He steals the young monkeys in the night. The whisper of his name makes their wicked tails cold. Let us go to Ka. What will he do for us? He is not of our tribe, being footless and the most evil eyes, said Bagheera. He is very old and very cunning. Above all, he is always hungry, said Baloo hopefully. Promise him many goats. He sleeps for a full month after he has once eaten. He may be asleep now, and even were he awake, what if he would rather kill his own goats? Bagheera who did not know much about Ka, was naturally suspicious. Then, in that case, thou and I together, old hunter, might make him see reason. Here Baloo rubbed his faded brown shoulder against the panther, and they went off to look for Ka, the rock python. This has been another episode of Between the Stacks, a Juggling Clown Publishing production. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, leave a review, and best of all, share this with friends. This book, and many others like it, can be found at your local library, and don't be afraid to ask your librarian for recommendations. They're friendly people and eager to help, I promise. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you Between the Stacks. <laughs>